Welcome to Dice Therapy. The Light and Darkness Campaign. Hey Dad, would you like to come with me? I'm going to go up into the tower. I think I hear something on the other side of the outpost and I want to get a good look. I'd love to. As you come out on the top of the tower, dark storm clouds brooding overhead with flashes of an electrical storm. The spire off in the distance, it is illuminated by lightning strikes hitting its surface and crackling up before going dark again. The sun is just starting to set and casting everything in that orange glow. And as you stare off over this empty field of cut trees that were no doubt fell to make the palisade walls. Easily identifiable away from the sounds of the outpost, the, the crowds and the murmurs, you can distinctly hear on the wind coming your direction, the sounding of drums. Boom, 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 boom. A march driving some sort of force, undoubtedly this direction. Well, that's not good. Nope. Maybe we should find that cat guy and, and warn him. I'm going to go tell Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, head downstairs. You see Falcion up, lounging away from the crowds as they're preparing, just keeping an eye out on everything that's going on from the balcony. And he looks up and gives you a nod as you make eye contact with him. We have a problem. There's something coming from the other direction, not the river. A problem? Like, what is coming? Something bad. Hmm. Show me. Let's go back upstairs. It's a lot of stairs. Getting those steps in. He leans on the battlements, looks off, and you can see his ears doing the rotational things. Uh, this sounds like uh, orc war drum coming our way. Do you have plans for this? My guards are already in place. It's, it's all I have. We will defend the walls. So many people, so many innocents. Any suggestions for protecting this place? You will help defend, yes, no? Of course. Undecided. Undecided? Uh, are you going to leave us then? If it proves to be the most prudent option, possibly. I see. Well, I cannot encourage you to stay. I can only point to the innocent lives that will be lost here if we were unable to defend this outpost. I go to tell my men and make ready. Might I suggest we not alarm those that cannot fight? I don't know if I agree with that. Ah, so you are ready to help plan now? I think everyone should have fair warning. Then I leave it to you. I'm off to talk to my men. And with a flourish, he heads out down the stairs. I'm going to turn to everyone else and ask what they think. I wonder if it's going to be like the giant electric boar that we had to fight when we were with the gnolls. Maybe we should get Yao. It would probably be for our best interest to go let Kezi and Lyra know. I agree. Go tell Yao. The crowd around Yao is dispersed. He's feeding the horses. 
Kezi and Lyra are in the forge, just finishing up working on an umbrella. And as you're all gathering together, what conversation takes place? So there's a whole bunch of orcs coming. Huh, what? Huh? What? Because she was focused on her other task. What do you think we should do about that? We need to help defend this place. Do you think we can hide all the refugees in like one of the buildings? I think there might be too many. There's a lot of people here. They're going to have to separate all the people who can fight, too, because we need people to watch the front as well. Those things are still out there. I agree. I think that the people should have the right to know and decide if they're going to help or not. I agree. Gathered around the forge, having this conversation, Falchion comes by, heads up the stairs of the stables, and then comes back down, sees you. All my men have now been uh, forewarned. How do you want to proceed? Do you have any extra weapons for those that might want to help other than your soldiers? Certainement. I have a small armory that the nobility get to choose from when they come roughy. Okay, Dad, take it away. You're going to tell those people. Perhaps we should gather everyone in the hall over the food? Is there enough room for everyone there? Not everyone, but uh, most of them. Okay. That sounds good to me. Falchion starts walking through the crowd. Everyone, the time for the feast. Gather in the hall. Spread the word. Food for everyone. Drink for everyone. We are alive. Let us leave. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so everyone has gathered in the main hall. Food is laid out on the tables. And as hungry mouths and hungry hands grab and drink and eat, there is the loud commotion that comes with everyone's spirits kind of being uplifted by the food and the drink. Who's giving the announcement? I thought Fabio was. He turned it over to you. I think we can all agree that I shouldn't be our public relations manager. Aww. <laughs> you took responsibility for these people and now you don't want it? Okay. You wanted it. I will deliver it. But you are helping, yes, no? I'm here. Parfait. I'll give out a piercing whistle so everyone will pay attention. <laughs> Nice. Everyone stops and looks up. You're all gathered around Falchion at the head table, if you will. And he stands up. Mon ami, you have come here for safety, but it appears the enemy will soon be upon us and we must make ready. These five, they will be captains directing you on defenses so that you can help out. Listen to them. Your lives depend upon it. There's a panic cacophony of noise fires up after that announcement. Everybody's, what? Here? No. Well, surely the walls will help us. I don't. Are they strong enough? Are they tall enough? Well, we, I, we don't have, all of us don't have weapons. Well, Kezzy looks at Lyra. I'm going to whistle again to get him to be quiet. <laughs> Please, friends. We are new amongst you, but we have fought many strange things in this land. Please. Calm, and we will help you with what to do. Make me a persuasion check. I'll help. <laughs> you have someone helping, so roll that with advantage. Nat 20. It likes me. So with that rousing speech, everybody standing up there being strong, the people just fall silent, unbelieving at first. And then you hear a voice from the back. Tell us what to do. All who are able must go to the armory, take a weapon. We will guide you on where to go. But first we eat. 
Okay, I'm going to break this down, we'll say hours of tasks. So if you want to define what you want to do for an hour, we'll slowly progress through. Uh, can I beg for someone's help in healing me a little bit? Or can I like bandage myself? Our spell slots haven't reset. They have not because you haven't done a long rest. You have, however, done light activity. So if everyone wants to consider themselves having a short rest, you can pick a number of your hit die and roll those to see how many hit points you get back. Oh, perfect. Nice. All right. And if everybody could roll a d20 for and add your initiative modifier. Four. Five. Twelve. Dirty 20. <laughs> Fifteen. And would you like to roll for Yao? Heck yeah, I would. Top of the initiative order. So, Kezi. My favorite place to be. In urgency. Kezi grabs a little something off a plate, because she's hungry. But she goes back to the forge. Starts creating, with the permission, of course, of the person that runs the forge, devices. As she's muttering incantation to give him kind of a punch. <laughs> Crafting something for an hour. Yes. And what is Lyra doing for this hour? I want to go and inspect each of the entrances to the fort. You're going to try to fortify them in some way as you inspect them? That's what I'm thinking. There are three ways in, two that have doors. And of course, the barred gate by the river. You direct a couple of the people that are following you to grab materials and start blockading and fortifying doorways piling them up with debris, barrels, crates, whatever they can find to reinforce them. Is Scarlet back? Scarlet is back. And what would you like to do for an hour? I think I'd like to gather supplies, like maybe arrows or bows and things like that to get them ready. So positioning weapons around the walls for easy access. Yep. Yao and Lorelei? I will be trying to gauge the people around me to figure out who would be good, reliable soldiers to position myself around and with. You have gathered some of the more physically fit and those that seem actually know how to hold the blade and that sort of thing and gathered them into groups. The guards are setting up lanterns that they can around the walls, and they're also starting to fill buckets of water. So the first hour passes. The drums that were faint in the distance have become a little more pronounced, but you're happy that you caught them early enough that they haven't caught you by surprise. And though they're still in the distance, as you look out over that plane, you don't see any approaching enemies. You just hear the sounds of the drums carrying across through. And the first hour passes as you all make your preparations. The sun has now set, and darkness has descended upon the outpost. The only light from the interior lanterns that have been hung on walls and lit here and there. A couple of bonfires set up on the south and the north, away from all the tents and wagons. And we're to our second hour. Kezi, what would you like to do? I can keep crafting. You can. Okay. So there is clinging and things flying around and the forge is just a flurry of activity as Kezi is going crazy in there doing stuff. A couple of people run in with supplies and then run out quickly as they're being yelled at and barked at. No bark. Kezi yeah. is cat. You all kind of wonder what's going on in there, but you don't know yet. Scarlet, what are you doing for the second hour? I think I kind of want to try and find a place away from everybody else for a second and maybe get those goggles out that I found. 
I don't know that they'll help me at all, but they might add some protection. You head back up to the top of the tower and dig through your pack and get those goggles out. And as you put them on, you see that your dark vision, you can see further in the dark with them. Nice. Then I put my hood back up. Um, Maybe I could send Oliver out for a little bit. To scout? Yeah. He can easily fly out over the plains. Below him, he sees the green grass, the trees, flying closer towards the pounding of the drums, marching the direction of the outpost. Oliver spies from his aerial viewpoint a few warbands of orcs and a few warbands of goblins. Great. Oliver really doesn't know how to count. If they were mice, he could probably dine for a month. Great. I'm going to run back down and find whoever is closest to me and tell them that. Maybe Fabio, too. Uh, I'm glad Falchion doesn't have easily hurt emotions. What? He's not hearing all these names. (laughs) (laughs) You would probably find Lorelei and Yao first out in the courtyard assessing and doing weapons. Lyra is on the opposite side, fortifying other doors. Okay, and then I'm going to have Oliver come back to me by sending him to his dimension and bringing him back. And he's back. So how is Lorelai reacting to this news? Oh, this isn't good. (laughs) But sort of excited, because fighting. But I think that we need to disperse and tell everybody that we can what to expect and try to maybe coordinate so we can get a good dispersion of both long range and close combat soldiers sort of just uh placing everyone in areas that we would think would be more strategic so archers and stuff more towards the bridge area where they can keep an eye out on those gross fast guys close combat soldiers and stuff on the ground level. Ah, this is bad. We've come through stuff. We got this. So I guess I'm going to run around to everyone else and let them know since I've just let um, Lorelai know about it. Perfect. Is everything too wet to set on fire? Like, can we burn the forest? Um, You could set the forest ablaze. The rains have been stopped for a couple of days. Burning the forest, though, wouldn't do much for the approaching forces, as so many trees have already been cut down to build this outpost. Well, that's unfortunate. Which side of the for the southern gate or the northern gate? For the approaching forces? Yes. Uh, you figure with what Scarlet has told you, they'll probably have to divide their forces. You don't know which side or where they're going to focus if they are going to focus. Okay, then. So, Lyra, what would you like to do for your hour? I'm thinking we should put children and other people who can't fight in, like, a central stone building and maybe, like, defend the entrances to that section just in case we have orcs that get inside the building that we can protect those people. Uh, It looks like they're in process of converting the entire outpost into stone, but right now there's only three buildings. We have the tower, the kitchen, and the forge. Anyone have any suggestions for which building out of those two? I think the forge isn't really an option. I would think in kitchen, and that way they've also got kitchen implements. If, heaven forbid, something actually get in that far. I agree with that. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. No kidding. Right, (laughs) But frying pans, who knew? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so I'm going to start directing people to the kitchen and have three people that are armed more heavily guard each of the doors. Sorry, I'm making notes. Dad. I want to go take a look at what the weird creatures across from the river are doing. Top of the gatehouse and look out over the river. And you don't see as many as you saw earlier. Do we have any idea how water affects them? Like, do they care about it or were they waiting for something? You don't know. The ones that were shot with arrows fell into the water, but their bodies have since been washed downstream up on a bank. And you really don't see that the water did anything to their corpses. Can I, like, walk around and see if I can see anything clinging to the walls? Yeah. You walk around and you're taking a look at all the walls, looking down over the palisade. Rough logs basically standing up on end with sharpened spike tops. And since they are so rough, you know that anything with claws could climb up them, but they would have to climb about 10 to 15 feet up. So it would take a little bit of time. But walking around the walls, you don't see anything. You pass guards along the way as you do that that are also looking off over the walls. Ten guards, to be exact. Okay, so I'm just going to talk to them as I go and warn them that those things could probably climb up. Good to know. We honestly haven't had to defend this outpost from attackers in the past. Nothing has been so brazen. The things that get close, we can usually shoot with our arrows from the walls, and they, they, they never try to breach the walls. Is there some signal you want me to do if I see something climbing the wall other than shooting it? That's a good question. Yeah, just spread word if they're getting over the walls. Can do. I will light one of my arrows in the uh, lantern light and fire it into the air if I see a possible breach. Sounds good. Lorelei, hour two. So way back, I got this gray bag of little pom-poms to summon little creatures. Yeah. How long do they last after they're summoned? Do we know? It vanishes 24 hours later. You can only do it three times a day. Perfect. (laughs) I think we need a couple uh, maybe reinforcements. I'm going to walk out to like the clearest little area, not by any buildings or anything, because I'm hoping for Godzilla. Right. (laughs) I'm going to pull out a... two and toss them out roll me 2d8 oh no well that doesn't sound good (laughs) you pull out the first little pom-pom and throw it and it lands on the ground and immediately there's this puff and you see this badger just like looking up at you waiting for a command you pull out the second one and you throw it and there's a puff Long little weasel that like runs around in a circle after its tail and then comes up to your leg and looks up at you. Oh my god, it's so cute. But so not Godzilla. Not not <laughs> helpful. <laughs> hey, badgers are like helpful-ish. Badgers are pretty mean. So you have a weasel and a honey badger. <laughs> a honey badger. Honey badger might be helpful. I'm naming my honey badger Godzilla. <laughs> honey badger got attitude. And I'm going to say, all right, honey badger. <laughs> This was not helpful. I mean, you do have one more. 
while you're naming your badger, the little weasel gets distracted, goes from your leg, runs up into a little cart, starts biting on a cabbage, and you hear a guy going, hey, those are my cabbages. Oh my god. Well, there goes my hopes for Godzilla. I'm going to call over my little weasel. I'm going to say, hey, you're going to have to be my scarf for like a little bit so you're not eating people's cabbages. Runs up your leg, up your back, underneath one of your arms, and then loops itself around your shoulder and just kind of nibbles on your earlobe a little bit. It's fine. I'll take that. Poor cabbages. I'm going to say, Godzilla, you're in charge of helping keeping the civilians safe. (laughs) And this is what I'm going to struggle with for my hour. (laughs) Stands up on its back legs, gives you a little salute the best it can, and then goes running off into the crowd. And the crowd's like, ah, what? Ah! (laughs) (laughs) but does it work in corralling people i mean if it can corral people i'm all for it just keep them safe that'd be awesome if the people get attacked godzilla will come to the rescue go go godzilla (laughs) i love him hey (laughs) all right the guards continue making preparations of their own an hour three into the night has come from both sides of the outpost A sudden cry goes out as arrows comes raining in, hitting the dirt, hitting the top of the wagons, clattering off rooftops, sticking into walls. And there are a few people here and there that actually get hit. And looking at the trajectories and the angles that they're dug into the dirt, you know that they were fired from the tree line to the north and the tree line to the south. Can we tell how far away that is? 80 to 90 feet. And we start hour three. People are in a little bit of a panic now that arrows have started raining in. So there's a big pile of effectively grenades sitting beside me. And hearing the noise, it kind of brings me out of my focus a little bit. I say to the nearest person and say, please pass these out. Make sure they get to people so they can use them. A couple of the workers come in, grab the objects. I'm assuming they have like a big red button on them. Yeah. They're just looking at them. Not sure what they are. When you press the button, you must throw it quickly. And they head out to distribute it amongst the people that are fighting. Scarlet, random person from the outpost, runs up to you, hands you a couple of these devices that have buttons on them. You immediately recognize them as Kezi's handiwork. Kezi, Kezi says to push the button and then throw it quickly. Okay. And then the person runs off. Honestly, I don't know how well I would be able to throw one of those. So hand it off to somebody if you don't want to use it. It's not that I don't want to use it. It's more or less, I don't know how far I can throw it. (laughs) Yeah, if only she had some sort of aerial deployment device. I can't guarantee Oliver's safety. I mean, that would just be a push of his wee little toe. He would be carrying a live bomb at that point. (laughs) That sounds like a moderately good idea. Do whatever you want. Um... Okay, so then I'm going to go up to the north wall as close as I can get without necessarily being seen. Tell Oliver, take this thing and I'm going to make you go into your pocket dimension and come out 30 feet away and I want you to fly towards those trees, hit the button and then drop it. But I'm going to tell him this telepathically because clearly he doesn't understand like common. You hold the device out, he hops off your shoulder onto it, pops out of existence, and then pops back into existence 30 feet away, double beat of his wings, and he's off towards the tree line, disappearing from your vision. And then you hear an explosion in the trees. Pops back after you resummon him on the edge of the palisade, just looking up at you, does a little preening under one wing. I'm going to tell him, good boy, and I'm going to pet his head. 
Lyra. Have the people set up any sort of medical area yet? They haven't set up any triage yet or anything, no. I think we should do that. So I'm going to spend my hour, you know, getting a couple people together and trying to set up one of these buildings. <laughs> Falcian brings down fine silk bed sheets and other things that they start ripping into bandages. And they spread the word that if anybody gets wounded, fall back to the Great Hall. Dad. I want to go around and see if there's anything we can use to, like, set up some booby traps. Like, maybe take what's left of the alcohol and rig it to dump on anything climbing the walls and set them on fire. So you're making some uh, Molotov cocktail kind of things to, to drop on them as they're climbing the walls? Yes. Between Kezzy and Dad, things are going to get hot. We have to have fire somehow. Lorelai. I'll make my way to the southern side of the little camp thing, and I'm dragging Yao with me. Just curious, like, on the numbers of just how many people are gathered on this side, kind of preparing to fight. Of the people that you've sussed out with weapons and things like that, a dozen, two archers up on the walls that are keeping a lookout. Right. And then, of course, the smattering of wagons around the area here and there. Are they just empty wagons? People's possessions, things that they were able to flee from their homes. Others are merchant wagons that have merchant goods. There's one that's nothing but alcohol that's manned by a dwarf. Oh, that could be useful, you know, with a fire theme. Circling the wagons up there so that if they breach the wall, they're pinned within a confinement of wagons. Yeah, using them so they're at least... I want to take the, the, what, the alcohol out, though, because I think that could be useful. Set up alcohol barrels scattered around the area inside the doorway to be shot. Oh, ooh, we could set it on fire. So they try to explode or something like that? Yes. <laughs> that is my, my scattered thoughts. Make me a persuasion check as you're trying to persuade a merchant to give up his entire livelihood. No. <laughs> or I guess I should ask intimidation. Would be better. I would prefer... Since you've got Yao with you, why don't you roll an advantage on this one? Oh, God. <laughs> He can be your hype guy, except he's trying to hype up by showing his teeth, which everybody else knows as a smile. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Poor so Yao. So you manage to have them circle the wagons, but the dwarf, nay, not putting my booze out there like that. That's too much of a waste. It was worth a shot. Shot. Alcohol. Ah. Three hours have passed by, and we are at hour four. Preparing your defenses getting ready for the inevitable that you know is coming. Dad, are you still at the gate by the bridge, kind of keeping an eye on that side? I think so, yeah. The electrical storm is brewing overhead. Flashes of light illuminate the area, just enough where you can see in the distance past your normal dark vision. On the other side of the river, in a small clearing, the four armed creatures start to gather. And through the, the twisting shadows and these flashes of light, you see a larger figure come out and stand amongst all of the smaller shadows and figures. A fire flares to life that illuminates a figure, maybe maybe a half-orc, not sure from this distance. Long black hair, scars, has a long wooden staff in his hands, and he starts moving around the fire. There's some sort of chanting. The small little four-armed creatures are disappearing into the forest and coming out with chunks of wood and log and starting to drop it around, not in the fire, but around the fire, making a pile ready to be set on fire. Off on the opposite side of the encampment, the drums are getting louder and louder. 
you see forces making themselves known in the clearing. And you can only see them through flashes of this electrical storm that's brewing overhead. Sneaky little goblin gits are flanking to the north and south, moving into the tree line. And of the orcs, as they move into the plain, banging on their drums, shouts, yells, chants, and jeers, groups of goblin archers with flaming arrows starting just to shoot up in the air, arcing, trying to catch anything they can on fire. So everybody that's out in the open, go ahead and make me a dexterity check. Hey, I got a 20. Nice. I got seven. Oh, for me. Oh, everybody under a 10. It's going to take three points of damage as you uh, get hit by a flaming arrow. Any other final preparations? I guess since I don't have any distance options, I'm just going to wander around and start singing. <laughs> Inspiring the masses. Pretty much. Go ahead and make that roll. Nice. Plus six to that, so math. <laughs> Hi, math. They were looking a little afraid, but through your actions and your song, you revitalize them, and you can see their shoulders straighten a little bit, and their grip on their weapons getting tight as they're waiting patiently for something to happen. And you realize that the anticipation in their mind and this dread of waiting and not knowing and when are they going to attack was getting to them, and your song has taken their mind off of that, caused them to relax and understand that, yes, together we can get through this. Yay! <laughs> Can I get the rest of my onkeg poison or acid ready to... I just want to have it out and ready to fling on something if I need to. You're getting ready to repel attackers and you've got your acid at the ready. Yep. I'm going to kind of move up closer to the wall. I'm going to take Ya with me. So we're just kind of like prepared. I don't know if I really want either of us to attack yet but i just want to be closer to the wall waiting yeah has his bow out and as hour four passes there is this stillness this sitting in the dark hearing the screams and shouts of the orcs coming from their band fires in the distance knowing that there are goblin archers out amongst the trees the scurrying activity on the other side of the river and knowing that you're surrounded it's almost like the walls of the outpost are slowly closing in on you as you're waiting and you're waiting and the hour passes by. And then almost as a relief, there is a crash of thunder and a loud pop of lightning that strikes the ground on the other side of the bridge and the big pile of wood that had been gathered by all these little creatures starts moving. Vines start wrapping and growing and it stands up to a popping of wood as this humanoid figure, 10 feet tall, made out of all these loose logs and twigs, looks at the figure that has summoned it and starts stomping across the stone bridge, moving closer towards the front gates, fists the size of anvils. I only have 10 hit points. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, leave us a tip, or give us a comment. We would love to hear from you. DiceTherapyAP.Pinecast.co